This is the time where it all goes down. Welcome to another episode of Fumble Rooski Football Podcast. It's been a little minute. You know, life happens, but we are back in this thing. You know who else is here. The homie Big Facts. What's up, bro? What up, man? What up, man? Yeah, we missed a lot. Missed the whole playoffs. Brady getting his ring, you know, but we back now. Yeah, man, we back. Hey, you got a birthday tomorrow. Happy, happy boring day to the homie Big Facts. Yeah, well, by the time this come out, my birthday is already passed. <laughs> yep, it might be your next birthday. All right. <laughs> but, hey, check this out, man. So, we got a lot to cover today. It's been a busy offseason. We are just fresh yep. off of the NFL draft about two weeks ago. So, we're going to do some highlights of that. We ain't going to go through the whole thing, but just a little, you know, notable picks, if you will. We're also going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation, touch a little bit on the Deshaun Watson situation, and then we got to cover... The schedule just dropped, what, Wednesday, May 12th? Yeah. So we got yeah. some good little matchups, man. We're going to go into that a little bit more here in a little bit. But, yo, let's talk about this draft, man. So uh, some surprises, some not so many surprises. Of course, you know, the homie Trevor Lawrence went number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which they made some news this week. Yeah, we got to talk about the Tebow thing, but we'll say that for later. Um, so... What would you think overall, man? What was the surprise, the biggest surprise to you at the NFL draft? I think one of the biggest surprises to me was probably Trey Lance, or maybe I don't know. I I, I didn't. I'm, I'm be honest. I wasn't really invested in the draft this year, so I didn't do all the pre-study. Um, so taking Trey Lance at number three, I know he had a lot of hype. Um, but it just doesn't – it seems like a big risk, you know what I mean? It seems like that same conversation you heard when Wentz was taken up there, you know, you know, a smaller school, uh, not not great competition, not a lot of film. Uh, you get those situations and they go and take them as high as three. Now, I'm not saying it won't work because everything I'm hearing early is it's great, but it just seems like a big risk to me, man. Yeah, and he only played one game because exactly. – uh, what North Dakota State? They only they played my alma mater, Central Arkansas, man. And uh, Trey Lance, to your point, didn't have a whole lot of tape, but I think the upside is just there. And a lot of people are watching tape from last year. What he threw like only one one interception or no interceptions all year in the 2019 season. Yeah, and I think I think so. I think my I think it changes for me depending on the sport. Because in basketball, I always understand when teams do this, right? Because if you're going to be in this position, then you need to take the youngest player with the most upside. So, like, the Bulls taking a, a Patrick Williams. I can understand mm-hmm. that because he, he hadn't grown, but you feel like you're going to develop him. You want young, you know, so I understand that. But in football and quarterback, I think that I would feel better about this if it was like the old days, you know what I'm saying, where quarterbacks usually set two or three years and they didn't have the pressure of having to come in early and produce. I mean, we're not seeing a lot of that. Sitting one year and then it's like teams are ready to put you in there. And now the only thing that I do like about it is he went to San Francisco, and San Francisco is one of those teams that can be thinking, like, we're not going to be in this situation again. Like, this is the only time we're ever going to be in this situation if you're looking at it from San Francisco. I would say that not the only time, but the next time, probably in, like, the next 
five to eight years, they probably have a defense and a system that's going to sustain their winning, and they shouldn't be in this situation again. So I can understand them going with a player like Lance because they can afford to sit him down, depend on the run game, and use Jimmy. The problem is Jimmy isn't that good. You may be putting Trey Lance in game four. <laughs> yeah, so I'll say this. Excellent situation he went to in San Francisco. I think, uh, you know, Coach Schottenheimer will be able to bring out the best in him. He fits the system pretty well. So the biggest thing that the San Francisco 49ers need is Jimmy Garoppolo to play well. Number one, you could get Trey Lance time to learn behind Jimmy G. And number two, you could flip Jimmy G for some picks next year. Yeah. You know, if he plays well, you know, because the writing is on the wall, more or less. It's just that Jimmy G is more, he's taking, you know, the politically correct approach to it. Like, hey, you know, I'll give Trey everything he needs. You know, I'm going to be a team player. It's not like, you know, what's going on in Green Bay or, you know, what's happened in other places where other quarterbacks have publicly said, yo, I'm not teaching them shit. That's what y'all coaches are for. So yeah. I think. Training need, your boss. <laughs> yep. Basically. So they need Jimmy <laughs> G to play well. So because I believe that'll benefit all parties involved it'll benefit the organization it'll benefit jimmy g and it'll benefit trey lance uh one pick i was definitely surprised about i would say justin Fields sliding as far as he did now i know but he look, slid into the perfect situation he though. did he did slide <laughs> into the perfect situation or the chicago bears were just the ultimate opportunist uh i mean to me I just, um, Zach Wilson, I'm not sold on Zach Wilson at all. Or Mac Jones. I think that Justin Fields was the second best quarterback in this draft. And I thought that the first three off the board would be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. I'm just not sold really on Mac Jones, him being a well, second quarterback. But he went Mac to a perfect situation too. Yeah, but Mac Jones went late. It went uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. And Justin then, Fields and then Justin Mac. Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields and then Mac Jones. So Justin but, Fields, the only thing that surprised me is that Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. I, I mean, I personally, I was convinced that Justin Fields should be com competing with Trevor Lawrence as the number one pick. I mean, fact, that was that was always my feeling. After watching the championship game and seeing how he came back in, you know, played through injury and all that, uh, I thought that Justin Fields once you get on tape but this might be a victim of not having the traditional like combine the combine and all we, that yeah that we usually have because i never felt like justin fields got that type of hype because you got a quarterback that's probably running what four three four four yeah, that can four, throw. Three, I think. yeah i know i know one of the knocks on him is that they say that he only looks at one receiver but I thought that in a championship game, he showed that he was pretty accurate. Um, he, he was good at making plays and, you know, doing all the things that are seeming to be the transitioning quarterback in this new NFL, right? Right. It, it's not even about going through four or five reads and staying in the pocket. Now it's kind of one, two read, use your athleticism, put pressure on the defense, roll outside the pocket. Like, I don't see – I can understand how Lawrence would go in front of him because they say that Lawrence is more athletic. He has more of a traditional body. You know, you got more film, three, champ three or four championship games. I understand that, right? I don't understand right. Zach Wilson going ahead of Justin Fields. I just don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. But Trey, Trey, Even Trey Lance, I can understand because of the upside. But I don't like Zach Wilson, man. 
Yeah, I, I'm just not sold. BYU had a weak schedule. You know, they're playing a group of five, and they almost got beat by Coastal Carolina this year. And Zach Wilson played horrible. So, I think out of all the quarterbacks that were taken in the first round, I think Justin Fields to Trey Lance went into a perfect situation. Trevor Lawrence, I think he's not in a bad one. I think it's really going to be rough for Zach Wilson. One, because of the market he's in. I think Mac Jones went into a good situation, too, under Belichick. You know, he's very, from what they turn Brady-esque. I mean, look, Tom the coldest to ever do it, man. I renamed him Tom the coldest to ever <laughs> I mean, I mean, he proved that once he went without Belichick, right? That solidifies everything, right? To me, it did. I mean, if he can win without Belichick, and Belichick don't make the playoffs without him, and this is the second time, like, he kind of been out, and they didn't make the playoffs. So, I... Yeah. I now, feel they like did re-up Cam. They did re-up Cam during free agency, and then you got Mac Jones. So, I mean, we I, may see a healthier Cam Newton. A lot of the people they lost last year have come back, like the Kyle Van Noys and some of those guys. So. Yeah, the, de- the defense is going to be a lot better. But I, I just don't – I hate Cam in that system, man. And I, I, yeah. don't like, I don't like him in that system, for one. They don't put enough weapons around it. Now, let me backtrack. Because maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to change the offense for them because they did bring in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, two versatile tight ends that can do some things. You can go back to kind of like that Gronk, Aaron Hernandez type of system where you're reading a lot over the middle, opening up with the run game. If, if that works, and then they brought in Nelson, you know, to really stretch the field and give Cam some space. So I'm not going to be too hard on Cam, but... I didn't like what I saw last year. If it's, if it's another yep. year of that, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, he might as well hang it up at that point. So, let's talk about some of these other picks in the first round. Uh, some that I like, man, I really like that Miami Dolphins pick up with Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I really like that one a lot. Uh, one that I really was questioned by, I was perplexed, Jamar Chase at number five, man. I get it. You want to you wanna reunite Joe Burrow with his college wide receiver, but, man... You got T. Higgins. You got some weapons out there, but it's just nah. I thought they should have went offensive tackle, man. They should have got a Panay Sewell uh, nah. because, you know, Joe Burrow's coming off an of ACL tear, man. He's one of the most sacked QBs in the league. You got to keep him upright. I, I feel just would have went offensive tackle what you there, saying. you know? I feel what you said, but I got to disagree. Man. I think people – I really think people forgotten what Jamar Chase is. I mean, and that's their recency bias and things like that. Jamar Chase sitting out, I think people have forgotten what he does. You know what I mean? No, like, I haven't I, forgotten what he does. I just think that, yo, why bro, pick, a, pick up a wide receiver when you need offensive line help? Because him. Yeah, but you can always go get some veteran offensive linemen. You can find some. I'm not saying you can always find a premier left or right tackle, right? You can't. Those are cornerstones. But you cornerstones, but you can't always guarantee that they're going to work out. And that's my biggest problem is I feel like when you're drafting, especially when you're drafting in the top five or the top ten, you got to take the best talent available. I don't care if you already got a receiver. I don't care if you already got a quarterback. You take the best talent available. That's the only thing I can say good about San Francisco. Who cares if I got Jimmy? I'm taking the best talent available. With Jamar Chase, it's convenient that he's that he's already played with Burrow, so you get some chemistry there. Uh, yes, you got T. Higgins, but he's not the same type of receiver that Jamar Chase is. Uh, and then on top of that, 
you have kind of elite level offense. And if you take away AJ Green, that offense is not as flush with receivers. You got T. Higgins, who looks like a good receiver, but you don't really know yet. AJ Green is gone. You got Tyler Boyd, who's a good underneath receiver, but I don't think he's a cornerstone number one receiver. I think he's more of a two slot guy. So if you can get an exciting player that can be a number one guy that can change your offense, like uh, Jamar Chase, and I think Jamar Chase is a rare, rare talent, man. I, I'm not a big fan of Waddle. Like, I think Waddle's going to be the one that is underrated. I mean, is overrated, and I think he went to a bad situation. But when you talk about Jamar Chase, I think he's the real deal, bro. I, I saw I him in that Waddle championship went to a bad game. Si- I don't think he went to a bad situation, though. I don't think Waddle did. I think he went to a pretty good one. I mean, once again, to your point, from, he's familiar with the quarterback that's already there, Tua Tagovailoa. True. They have weapons True. on offense, so he won't have to do too much because they have a number one receiver there. And I really okay, think that's, that's that one way to look at it. Yeah, but he's recovered from that ankle injury too. So Tua just needed a couple I, I of think, more weapons. Think, yeah, but my thing is, is they got they got. Uh, it's one thing to as a receiver, you still need volume to really showcase, right? Do we agree with that? And True. if we're if we're saying that, so if, if we're saying that, then I think that a, going to a place like this where you have Devontae Parker, right? They just signed Will Fuller. So so where is going to be his place to shine? And even if he gets in there in the slot, he still has some competition in the slot with uh, what's his name, Jakeem. They still like to play Jakeem. You still got Preston Williams there. Uh, you have some comp- you have some some depth there in the receiving core that may be hard for Jalen Waddle to really get consistent snaps. And I, I have a I have a problem with that. I don't think the Dolphins, like when you're talking about that and you're talking about a team should have taken an offensive tackle or something, that's what I thought the Dolphins should have did. Like I thought the Dolphins should have took and taken Suell because they don't need anything like they needed a running back. You're not going to take a running back that high. They spent big on defense last year. Why don't they secure their offensive line? Man, but see, Miami, their offensive line looked okay last year. They, I mean, what? They were 10-6 and six and missed the playoffs. So, I mean, they, they didn't do that bad. But I think Tua Tagovailoa could use an additional weapon. Because they're going to be, I mean, bro, they're going to be set on defense. I mean, they just got Jalen Phillips later in the round, too, which, you know, that's a nice little pickup. Uh, I like that one, too. But I really think it's familiarity with Tua Tagovailoa. I think that helps him feel comfortable in that situation. And I think, you know, that's a weapon that he knows. He knows how this receiver plays, and it helps him more than anything. I think that's why Brian Flores made that pick. See, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I, just, I mean, simply if you look at the fact that they were, they were trying to get Deshaun Watson. So how much do they even believe in Tua? You know what I mean? You gotta so go with the girl that brought you to the that, dance. Yeah, but man, to invest that type of draft capital in a position that you really don't need and doesn't even really have a ton of upside for you. You know what I mean? I mean, it does that. Even if Waddle really works out. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much upside does a really big receiver bring to a team? I mean, Justin Jefferson was incredible. How much did he help the Vikings? You know what I mean? You got Chase Claypool. was incredible. Oh, speaking (laughs) of the Minnesota Vikings, man, I got to give a shout-out to Dakota Dozier. He goes to the same gym I go to, and he was real cool. You know, hey, we was working at the same time. He's a cool dude, man. Hopefully, he get that starting guard spot on the Vikings, Man. man. So... 
Cool dude. But uh, I know that was totally random. I didn't mean to break your flow, brother. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yo, but uh, all right, I'm gonna talk about two picks I hated, and it's just because I know you're gonna have something to say. But JC Horn going to the Panthers and Patrick Sertain going to the Broncos because I want the Cowboys to get him. But I'm not yeah. disappointed with Micah Parsons, I'm not disappointed with that. Which they gave him number 11, I, too, man. I was surprised by that. Oh, yeah, number change. We need to talk about that later, too. Yeah, I just don't. I, I just, I mean, I like I like those picks for those teams because, you know, the Panthers, they needed secondary help badly. Anybody that can come in there and do anything. They needed somebody to help. And then pass their team to the Dem- Denver Broncos. I mean, that's they what didn't they need did. Them, you though. know what I mean? They, could, they needed I mean, a quarterback think- more than anything. Nah, they needed a quarterback. I, they should have got Justin Fields because Drew Locke was trying to get him out of there. Yeah, but I think you need to lean in where where the money's at, though, right? I think you lean into where you're invested in. And right now, they're invested in the defense. And since you have so much money on that defensive line, you need some cornerbacks back there to protect them. You know what I mean? So you don't want them doing all that rushing, and you ain't got no cornerbacks that can't cover. So I think that this is a system pick and something that's valuable to their system because I believe they lost uh, they lost their cornerbacks, and they needed to they one, lost of one of them. Yeah, yeah, they lost at least one of them. So you need to have, and if you can get somebody young that can cover, I mean, quarterbacks are an expensive position. So if you can get a young one that can cover that you got control over for three or four years, I actually I actually love that pick for them. So well, I, both we, of them definitely disagree. dogs though. They definitely yeah. dogs. But well, uh, we kind of disagree because I, I I like I like both those picks and yeah. Parsons for the Cowboys. I mean I hope it works out. I hope it don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't care. man. So <laughs> I only hated on those two picks because I really wanted either J.C. Horn and Pat Sertain to come to the Cowboys because we needed them. We needed yeah. one of each. And uh, on my little personal big board I had in my office, I had, like, them one and two at the top. Uh, Parsons is good. I think, you know, they took the best player that was available and they needed defensive help. And you got to look at it. Vander Esch can't stay healthy. Yeah. Jalen Smith had his issues last year. Sean Lee just retired. So it did make sense. Uh, Michael Parsons is one of those dynamic uh, playmakers, and he did want to go there. So, I mean, it worked out. It's a perfect marriage to me. I really like... You guys picking up Devontae Smith. I really think, uh, you know, kind of staying on that theme of wide receivers who uh, are familiar with the quarterback. I, I yeah. like that move for you guys because you did need wide out help. I can't believe that Dallas traded us. <laughs> That's crazy to me. I'm still trying to. I, I can't my believe head, that either. My head, wrap my head around Dallas allowing. And it, I guess it was just a shot at the Giants. Like, Fuck the Giants. You know what I mean? It kind of felt that way. Everybody knew that the Giants wanted Devontae. They thought they were going to get him. And Dallas allows Philadelphia in-conference rivalry that's supposed to be the worst. But they come together to say, you know, fuck the Giants. Yep, I like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> World ending, man. World ending. This is coming to an end, bro. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I like Devontae, too. Uh, not to cut you off, but I like Devontae. The main reason I like Devontae Smith is because I think he fits Philadelphia. You know what I mean? I think he fits yeah. Philadelphia's personality. It's kind of like the Miami Heat getting bam. You know what I'm saying? You get somebody that fits your personality, and I think he he's perfect because he has that underdog mentality. But if you look at his resume, you can say he's too small. You can say he's too skinny. At one point, they were saying he was like the third or fourth best wide receiver on the team, and nah, every receiver cap. left. Every receiver left. 
and he was the best receiver in like as they left so he was good with them he was very productive when he had jerry judy and henry ruggs he was productive then and then all these guys leave or get hurt and then you become the best wide receiver in college football like that's insane you gotta look at it man it was a like just as much as last year there was just as much wide receiver depth in this class too i mean you got the back-to-back Bolitnikov winners going in the top 10 I think, as well I, as and the heisman trophy winner you know but i think the difference is gonna be after that what do you get because i think the, right. the depth in this class was that not what you're gonna get in the first round but what you got in the third fourth fifth the Chuck overall play pools you know what i'm saying yeah these underdog players that came out of this draft out of the draft after you get the stars this one i'm not so sure after you get past those first four i'm not sure what we got after that you know what i mean when you start getting into because because they got talent but i don't know if they landed in great spot you talk about right. like a rashad bateman like i don't know if that's a good spot i don't know if lamar can throw to him consistently Kadarius tony going to the giants i thought it was crazy that the giants were even targeting wide receivers. yeah i thought that was wild too because they already got two <laughs> or three good ones you know what i'm saying you you go and sign kenny galladay you already got darius slayton you go and sign john ross who may or may not be talented because whatever you say about john ross uh when he opened the season before he got hurt he opened the season with an explosion that showed he had talent now he doesn't always catch it when it's thrown to him but he just fast, having someone yeah he can get open he you fast. know what i mean he's shown he can get open so i just I, that goes back to it's just a dumb move for the Giants because they're not even taking the most talented player on the board and they're not drafting for need. <laughs> so Gettleman, what the fuck man. are you doing? What are you Gettleman. doing? It's Gettleman, man. <laughs> I, I don't just, know I don't... what he has on the, the Amara family, man, but Dave Gettleman is like untouchable for some odd reason. Um, I'll tell you one pick that I really, I got a hard time understanding this one. Which one? Man, Travis ATN. Not that he's not talented, but he went way too high. I I have a feeling that he went way too high. I think this is going to be Urban Myers, one of his early. And that's going to be can he recover from it, right? Because I think this is an early mistake that college coaches make when they come into the NFL. And especially when they come in and they start offering input on drafts. I think he saw him there. He saw him at 24. It's no way that the Jacksonville Jaguars should have spent a first-round pick on a running, on a running back, back when you have James Robinson for free. I don't care what you think about James Robinson. James Robinson was good enough to be a productive back, and so you have him for pennies. You're not obligated. You don't have this big contract obligation to him. Why would you spend that much draft capital to go get a running back where there's questions about even if he's an every down back and then go and say he's your third down back. You spent the first round pick on a change of pace third round back. I just, I, I yeah, hate it. He got it drafted every, too high, man. They, it, it, even if someone took him, I'm not even mad if somebody would have took him. The They shouldn't have took him. Jaguars exactly. rebuild should not have taken him. He, they should have went somewhere on defense, yeah. cornerback, linebacker. They have too many holes on that team to be spending a pick on a quarterback and a wide receiver uh, and a running back in the first round when you have a running back that's free. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. I don't think Urban Meyer is going to last three seasons. I not doing he, that shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to make that. it, man. You know, he a nigga that quit anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, the one thing that I will say about Urban Meyer, though, is Urban Meyer is elite with handling personalities. 
So that oh, yeah. probably that probably will make him a good fit in the NFL. And I'm He's not a even player gonna, coach, definitely. Yeah. And I'm not even going to say that overall Urban Meyer will be a failure in the NFL, but I think this situation is going to be a failure. I think what yeah. you're looking at is Bill Belichick with the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think. Or Nick Saban with the Dolphins. I see, mean. but I don't. I don't think he. Uh, um, let me take that back because I don't know. But I, I would assume that based on the teams that he had in Florida, that he's not a control freak like Nick Saban. And that was the biggest part of Nick Saban is he was trying to be too controlling to people that made more money than him. He's trying to treat them like kids and they, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that, I don't think Saban is like that. Like I think Saban can very well be a Pete Carroll, you know what I mean? Because players seem to love him, you know what I mean? Yeah, but man, Pete Carroll is the guy that everybody mostly loves. And Pete Carroll was kind of like a mixture of Urban Meyer and Nick Saban at USC. Because he was a player coach, but he was a control freak, too. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what I say. I mean, I, I, I shit on Kingsbury, right? But if Kingsbury can get players to buy into his system and you can keep a consistent system, then I think you can win in the NFL, right? And that's the same thing that happened with Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has a system. Uh, a lot of it was because of the Legion of Boom, but he built up the Legion of Boom. He built around it. He, he's recovered from it, and they still have a good team because we everybody buys into the system. If Trevor Lawrence can be what Russell Wilson is to Pete Carroll, quarterbacks are usually tied to the coach. Yep. I mean, I if you get one, and that's why uh, – what's my man down at the Dolphins? Tua. Nah, the uh, coach. What's his name? Uh, uh, Flores. Brian Flores. Yeah, Flores. That's my biggest concern is – because I'm not completely sold on Tua. On Tua. Yeah. And so I don't love Flores being tied towards Tua. But what I saw from Flores last season is, regardless of what the, what Tua does, he going to coach that defense up. They going yep. to go. He got a running game. He's not afraid to just run that thing 40 times if he had to. So I respect that about Flores. But, yeah, know. most deaf. We gonna uh, see Lawrence, Lawrence is gonna be the biggest thing, but I think they, I think that ETN pick hurt. I agree with you, man. I yeah. thought it was dumb. And one, I say one pick that I'm kind of shocked they fell so far had to be Asante Samuel Jr. Man, he went to a good situation, but I was surprised he fell. I would have took uh, him before Caleb Fairley. You know, Caleb Fairley has the back issues and whatnot, but I was surprised Asante Samuel fell that far. Shit, I was so, uh, I was surprised that uh, OU Center fell that far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, but the the guy that the Eagles took, because that's what I wanted the Eagles to take. I understand he just got that injury history from Bama, but he could play center and guard. But um, yeah, man, I I don't know what the problem with uh with uh Junior was Asante Samuel Junior was it his size? Uh. I think maybe size and a few injury concerns, but man, he went in the second round to the to the uh, damn it, I almost said San Diego to the well, they should move back to San Diego, but the uh, L.A. Chargers. I mean, it's a good look. It ain't too bad. Shit, uh, I think the I think the Chargers gonna be a goal this year, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I think the Chargers gonna go this year, man. Her- Herbert, gonna, Herbert's gonna be nice. Yeah, I think people are. They got to remember all that shit that happened last year was on the fly. That's what's so impressive about it is because Herbert wasn't supposed to start. He didn't get all the reps that he should have been getting. They were playing around with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, You know what I'm saying? So now that team MVP, the doctor who punctured that nigga lung. And just to get him in there, right? I know, right? You got him some chemistry. You got him a throwaway season where he can go through mistakes where he's just letting it fly in the game. He got so much experience in that one year, bro. Think about this, bro. Most of the players on defense were hurt. 
So you get all those players back. It's going to be good, man. So, all right, wrapping up our draft recap. Give me one boom player from this draft and one bust, like a definite bust. My definite bust? I'm going with, uh, going high. I'm going Zach Wilson. I think Zach That's Wilson. mine too. So Zach Wilson, so we agree on that one. Yeah, because I think Zach Wilson, I don't, I, I would need someone to explain to me what's the difference between Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold. <laughs> they should have just kept Nothing. Sam Darnold. They should have just kept Sam, man. <laughs> so you know I, they should have just gave Sam more weapons. Man, they should have kept him. I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing, right? You get all these weapons for, uh, you get all these weapons for, Zach Wilson that you could have just got for Sam Darnold. You know All right, so, so so we agree that Zach Wilson will be a bust. My boom player, you know what? I'm gonna go with Devontae Smith. I, I think like he's it. gonna eat. I'm gonna go with Devontae Smith, man. I'm hundred percent with you on that one. My boom. I throw player. Michael Parsons out there. Michael Parsons too. So Devontae Smith, Michael Parsons. I can see that. Okay, mine. I'm gonna go with. So if I had, so if I'm going two with you. Uh, I already talked about Jabbar Chase, so I, I, I'm not going to say him again because I already explained why I thought he was going to be a GOAT. But Justin Fields, man. Yep. I, th- I think Justin Fields, when, whether he went late or not, I think he went to the absolutely perfect situation because I think this is what Matt Nagy has been wanting forever. And that's why he's doing all these tricky charades with two running backs in the backfield. Uh, trying to, I, everyone said it, that um, he didn't use Mitch like he's supposed to, but I just don't think Mitch was capable of it. And nah, I think man. it's Mitch got drafted too high. Yeah, I think is I think Justin Fields is fucking perfect, and they just made up for the mistake of not taking Deshaun Watson. Yep, I think and he's got a chip on the shoulder, man. He's gonna come into the league on some shit. So I really think Justin Fields is good. So but moving on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, the, the biggest thing about Justin Fields that I like is his confidence. He's been the, the man. He's the man mm-hmm. in Georgia. He went to Georgia. Uh, he was supposed to be the next up and coming. He left. He goes to Ohio State. He proves himself at Ohio State. Now he's coming in here. Even though he's picked 11, there's no way that he thinks that those quarterbacks are better than him. Bruh, like, there's no way he Those quarterbacks that. aren't better than him. Andy Dalton's not better than him. Man, you you could see through that smoke screen when the Bears said Andy Dalton's automatically QB1. Come on, man. We saw yeah. what type of season he had for the Cowboys. He's trash, bro. And he Shout did, out he to Kyle Pitts going to the Falcons, by the way. Yeah, we totally glossed over that one. That's gonna be a good one. Yeah, but um, I think I think but I think that's a surefire home run. Oh yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Like that's Tony Shades of Tony Gonzalez all over again. Yeah, I mean, straight up. If you, especially if you got remember, like Hayden Hurst and Austin Hooper in that system, and they throw it sixty times a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Pitts, he would have to be an absolute bust not to shine. So. We got to move to this Aaron Rodgers situation, man. So it, it's not looking good in Green Bay. So basically, the day of the draft, it comes out that, hey, Aaron Rodgers, he does not like the GM. He wants out. He wants to go. They pissed him off last couple of years, you know, not really getting him offensive help, even though, you know, they go to the NFC Championship every year. So something's working. And then also, you know, taking Jordan Love, which is more or less harkens back to when they had Brett Favre and they took Aaron Rodgers. So it's more or less history repeating himself. So, what do you think in the grand scheme of things? Where do you see Aaron Rodgers going? Is he going to stay with Green Bay? Is he going to go somewhere else? You know, a lot of people would think in Denver. You know, what do you feel will unfold from this whole scenario? Uh, I I feel like that Green Bay is going to have to match his demands. 
And I think it's going to be more than a money issue. I think it's going to be a respect type thing here, too, because they've offered them the money. So it's obviously not the money. You know, they tried to give him the extension. I know there was some. But I think that the bridge has been burnt there with him and the GM. It's just been too much, too many levels of disrespect. And you say that even though they went there, they went there more because the coach. And I hadn't heard a lot that Aaron Rodgers has a problem with the coach and LaFleur and Bam to coach it up. Well, he picked but, the coach, basically. They let him yeah. pick the coach. Yeah, so I don't think that's the problem. All you're, you're hearing everything with the GM, and I can understand that. I mean, you go look at the long list of these things that it looks like the GM's been trying to move forward from him for a while now. You know what I mean? Uh, when they drafting the drafting the quarterback, you can say it's the same. I mean, maybe, but at that point, Brett Favre, they had weapons on offense. You know what Plenty I mean? So, so Brett Favre was, was talking about he wanted to retire every other day too. Yeah, and he was talking about it all the time. You know what I'm saying? It was it was a different situation, and so jumping to take a quarterback was more of shit. They kind of got everything they can afford to do this and take a talent because it was like, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers failed a talent to this level to fall this high. They they have to kind of do it with you know it was a it was a different situation because Aaron Rodgers were highly regarded. Jordan wasn't as high. I don't believe yeah, he was kind of I don't, a risk. Was, yeah, was it was kind of like a reach. You just reach to take a dude. In the first round, that you probably could have gotten a third second, round. Yep, second or third. And you pissed off your quarterback. Then he has a receiver that he likes, and I think his name was Jake Comero or something like that. And they that. cut him. They cut dude like the next day. <laughs> and then you just don't go get him weapons to help. And yeah, they go, but that's all on the strip to him. So, okay, I did all this for you, right? I got MVP. I showed you my value. And yeah, y'all gave me a contract, but I'm not going to let y'all just push money forward and then it still be my last year. And then I go out there and risk myself. No, I need more years. I need more guaranteed money. And then they didn't come with them. They didn't come with them right in the offseason. That's the big talk. They you didn't give what? them enough. You know what the Green Bay Packers' biggest problem is? They don't have an owner. They're a publicly Eric, yeah. owned team. They have zero owners. So at the end of the day, the team, you are at the whim of the team president and the CEO or the general manager. That's the biggest problem, man. Giannis need to go buy them or something, man. Put a group together. Go purchase them. Well, I, I think it, yeah. I mean, I guess you it is, it's one thing to have someone directly to be like, you know, nah, we need to get this ship in order. I think they're on the right track. I think they'll make up for it. I think they're going to have to fire the GM. They're going to have to do something to appease them. Yeah. I'll just trade already, them. Trade him. I don't. I don't think they should. Because if he gonna try to leave anyway, man, and you know Jordan love your future, I would trade him and try to get as many life changing picks as I can. I don't. I don't know that they're gonna. People are gonna send life changing picks though. That's the thing. I think they can get something, but I don't think it's gonna. be. You get a lot of firsts for Aaron Rodgers. You get at least get, three. I don't think you're getting three firsts for Aaron Rodgers. Man. He's only gonna be there for a year or two, maybe. But I don't think he can still go. Yeah, but the team ain't gonna. There's no upside to giving that many firsts. I mean, you get that for Deshaun Watson. You're not gonna get that for Aaron Rodgers because it's not. You don't have no control. You're giving up your future for a win now, so you would have to be a win now situation. You know and what? I don't, I don't think the Denver Broncos will mind. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they're giving up that because I think. They're I think they can up, give up. They have to give up Drew Locke, probably a twenty twenty two and a twenty twenty three first. See, and I don't think they give later rounds. And that's the problem. I don't think they're giving up two firsts. I think you might be getting a second. You might get a fir- conditional first, depending on how many games he get. You're not getting two. Uh, and I think that's going to be the value issue that you're getting with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to be more valuable for Green Bay to keep him because Green Bay is not built to play without Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers knows Pretty that. Much. That's the part That's part of them he not the going leverage. to get talent. He, he got all the leverage. leverage. 
and then you you locked in the cap with him so yeah he can walk away from that money which i don't think he really wants to do um and then if they do then they're stuck well now you're stuck with resign and aaron jones too and you got Devontae yeah. Adams. So now, not only are you stuck, you don't got a lot in the cover, you don't have a lot of draft picks, and you're capping in the graduate situation. Like, they have to appease Aaron Rodgers because they, they, they went all in to win now in like a three-year period. They gave Aaron hey, Rodgers only at the top, man. When you're the man, you can do stuff like that. Man, just fire the dude. Fire the dude. Fire the yeah. dude. And then when Aaron Rodgers leaves, bring him back as a consultant or something. <laughs> but, you got to think about it, man. You got you to gotta keep who's making you the money. I don't really see... Any kids out here from Wisconsin wearing the jerseys of the GM? <laughs> they say yeah, Rodgers right. number twelve on the back. And then what happens is if you let go of Aaron Rodgers and you treat Aaron, people like Aaron, treat Aaron Rodgers like this, then you start getting hearing people like uh, Devontae Adams talking about now he got to rethink his future. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's a trickle down effect because he's so much part of the success. You risk alienating more people than Aaron Rodgers if you do this, and it could be a nasty rebuild if you do that. And I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to have to make a compromise. I know that, I mean, it's a, it's a given that Aaron Rodgers is going to get paid, right? He's going to get the money. That's not the problem. It's the respect that they have to kind of get over now. And I think, they'll, I think they'll get it done. I think he'll end up staying with Green Bay because it's the best for both parties. Yeah, and then think about it. If you let him go, who's coming out next year? Like, outside of, like, Spencer Rattler. Which I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a Houston Texan or a Washington football team member, maybe. Yeah, if they if they do the trade, which I keep hearing, though, that uh, all the moves that the Eagles made was to get in position to trade for Deshaun Watson. So we're hearing a lot about Jalen Hurts, but everything I'm hearing, and I've heard even Peter King, I think, reported it earlier this week is that the Eagles are in position to get Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not sure. I would love it, though, if Jalen Hurts was attached in that with the picks. But those first that the Eagles got are supposedly be for Deshaun Watson trade after right. the situation. Clear. So, but do we even know if Deshaun Watson will even play this year? That Do we think he might go on the commissioner exempt list? Now, we've already probably briefly discussed this situation. You know, 22 lawsuits with the... Uh, masseuse allegedly alleging sexual misconduct with Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, do you think he'll even play this year? Yeah, I think he'll play. I think he'll have to get some type of suspension because I think even if he settles out of court. And that's not saying that the suspension will necessarily be next year, though, because I think some of these, after the the cases, excuse me, after the cases and stuff are dismissed, I think then NFL comes and do their suspensions or whatever. So I think right. that it might kind of like with leaving. the Ezekiel Elliott thing. Yeah, because you got to let the criminal or the civil stuff pass before the NFL steps in and do their investigation. Yep. So I think even if this happens, it will be like a late end of the year suspension or beginning of like 2022 suspension. Well, you can always and, appeal it too. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm thinking that he'll end. Oh, up okay. I think he'll end up getting suspended, but I don't think it'll be next year. Even if it comes out next year, I don't think the suspension will hit next season. I think it'll end up being like four games at the beginning of 2022. And I think that's going to be because, like, you heard it was loud. It was loud. It was all in the news. And then once Deshaun Jackson's lawyer, not Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Deshaun Watson, lawyer put out that statement that he had, it's been real quiet. 
and it makes me then it was quiet for a couple of weeks and then the allegations stopped and it kind of starts slowing down and then you now you're hearing about settlement talks yep Deshaun's gonna pay it they're gonna pay it to get it out the way yeah you got I, to I think whenever you get in situations like this and you start hearing all the civil suits and they start piling up and nobody's doing the criminal thing um I think you start and it's the same lawyer you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he's finding whatever, you know what I mean? And then, so I, I heard that this story is going to break anyway because there's a woman that hadn't filed anything and she talks. So it makes me believe that probably a majority of this stuff is true and it's probably just arrogance and it's working with so many because if there's 20, then there's probably 200 girls. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, all over butthole massages too, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking you're just a about weird like, dude, man. <laughs> you talking about massages and you're talking about this is probably like a weekly thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to laugh here because I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm saying this is the volume isn't twenty. You know what I mean? That's yeah, it's gotta be more than that. It's if 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 this is true and these are true, then this probably happened with two thousand people. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's he, he's good, the Wilt Chamberlain of getting massages. Well, it's an arrogance about saying something to know that's not your first time asking. You know, yeah. the, the tricks that you're doing and the things that you're doing is something because you do them all the time. These are just the people that didn't like it when you do it. So, yeah. But I think he'll end up settling. Then there'll be an NFL investigation. I think they'll go and they'll find something. They'll probably suspend them. Then it'll be appealed. It'll probably come in at like eight games and then go down to four. Or it'll come in at four games and go down to two. Like something two, like yeah. Yeah, I but, mean, Texas ain't winning nothing anyway, so they ain't missing anything. Yeah, um, but I, think, I think they just want to get the – I think once the settlement is resolved and that goes away and around training camp, I think you're probably going to see it. I'm I'm pretty confident that you're probably going to see a trade yep. of the Texans, and I, I want to see – the only question that I have is if Jalen is in the trade because that would be huge because you got Jalen – Coming back to his hometown, yep. to the Houston Texans, that's what I want to see. Like I'm a fan of Jalen. I don't I think that, too. I don't think Philly's the right situation for him. But I think to be the replacement to just Deshaun Watson and to be able to truly unleash your talent in Houston with no pressure, because when he goes, that's it. <laughs> it ain't gonna be. That's a rebuild. And you yep. don't have no pressure on you anymore to win in a city like Houston where you're from there. I think it's, I think that would be awesome for Desha- for Jalen. And I think it would be great for Deshaun Watson because Philly needs a playmaker like that. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I would love to see that. That's a good look to meet J- Jalen Hurts going home. I, honestly, I always thought that Jalen Hurts was better than Tua. I think the Tua just got hot at the right time. Jalen, Jalen Hurts had a terrible game, but that's neither here nor there. But, uh, I, yeah, man. I do think Tua is better. I'm not going. I'm not going to say that. I think Tua is a better quarterback because of his passing ability and his ability to stay in the pocket. And I'm just talking about quarterback play from the pocket, being able to make all the passes, precision, and all that. Tua has that. But the problem is, I think Jalen has that that thing you can't quantify. You right. know what I mean? I think he, he has a dog. That, he got dog in him. That that win in him. Like, nah, he's not the most accurate. Uh, but he can he can put you on his back. He's the guy that you want on your team because he could be five for twenty five completion. Y'all just be hanging around. He just take over the game. He might take it over passing. He might take it over running. You just don't know because he's an ultimate leader in my mind because he 
he never gets down. He never gets too up. He never gets too down. You never know. He could have thrown his six interceptions. Yeah, he, he could throw his six interceptions. He's gonna walk off and you know still be in that positive mindset. So I think that's good for everybody. Yep. Hey, so we got to talk, man. Tim Tebow has returned to the National Football League. It's Tebow time down in Duval County. For what, though? That's <laughs> As a tight end. And I, So here's my thing. That's why I said earlier, do we really know Urban Meyer might last three years, man? Because, you know, Trevor Lawrence has never lost. He's definitely going to see more losses in a regular season than he ever has in his life. But why? Why bring Tim Tebow in? I mean, I know the relationship there between Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. Like, I get it. But I think, all right, it's definitely a privileged situation, but Tim Tebow is a little bit of an attention whore. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's the that's the kind of thing. That's the thing about it is I don't understand how this helps. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it don't, you could say that it doesn't hurt. Maybe it doesn't hurt, but it's because Tim Tebow comes in there. But like you said, it brings a whole bunch of unneeded attention to a rebuild situation, right? And you're putting him in at tight end, which he could have changed that a long time ago. When he first like, got to the NFL, yeah. he could have been tight end. And you're kind of just putting him in a spot where you have a hole, right? <laughs> you, because you, you have a hole. hole. Yeah, they don't have a tight end. Who's their tight end? They could have got a tight end. That, but that's dressed. that's that's kind of my point. I'm saying uh, that they should have went and got a Hunter Henry, a Jonu Smith, or something to put that there because you need a tight end for young quarterbacks, especially in the NFL. You right, want them right. to have a good release valve that they can depend on and go to. Why would you with a young receiving core? Because no matter how good that Chark and um, Chanel and all these players are, they're still young. Why wouldn't you go get a veteran tight end that could work the middle? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand this one. The only thing it really s- sold up for them is the spot on hard knocks. I think they'll probably end yeah. up being on hard knocks. But I, I don't, just, I I'm don't, scratching my head, man. I mean, he's 34. He'll be 34 at the start of the season. You already make enough money. Like, what's the point? I don't understand the move. <laughs> like, I just... I don't know why. I don't know why they would do it. I don't know how it benefits anyone. I just, I don't understand, man. You see I him guess making he, a 53? He has a, huh? You see him it, making uh, a 53? No. I see, yeah, I see him getting cut like that last round of cuts. I, I see him getting cut. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him making a 53. I don't think he's good enough. I don't know why you do it. I just think he's bringing in so much attention and it's going to be a spectacle. I think it's yeah, going to end up being a spectacle. And I think after year two, and I just hope this doesn't hurt Trevor Lawrence. Man, I think it's just a favor. He phoned in a favor. And a lot of people are, you know, comparing the situations of, oh, well, Tebow hadn't played in the NFL in five years. He walks back in here, and then you have Colin Kaepernick out of here who could probably still perform at a decent level. And he hadn't gotten a second shot at the NFL. Well, I will say... I mean, we can say whatever we want, go back and forth, and but the NFL has become adamant that they don't want him in there as a backup quarterback. And the funny thing is I've always used Tim Tebow as the example of why they really don't want Colin Kaepernick to come in as a backup quarterback. And it's because Colin Kaepernick is going to demand too much attention. It's the same reason why Tebow was never a backup because Tebow is good enough to be a backup quarterback. You look at the you look at the quarterbacks that are backing up teams now that can't do nothing. Like Tebow can at least have a skill set where you can do the bare minimum and and win some games. 
but he was not there because of the attention that will come with having them back up. And if you don't have a strong quarterback situation that can protect that to make them say, nah, Tebow don't need to come in. I mean, you remember when Tebow was with the Patriots and Tom Brady, one the GOAT, like the attention was still on Tebow. Belichick. Belichick was still getting questions about Tebow. Or is there going to be a package for Tebow? Are you going to get Tebow in there? And that's with Brady. So let him go to any other team. So you put that with Kaepernick. Kaepernick goes to any team. The media attention from that team signing him is going to be crazy. Then anytime that quarterback plays bad, everybody's going to start claiming for uh, Kaepernick. And if Kaepernick don't get in, they're going to start calling racism. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to affect the bottom line. Yeah, they're not going to do it. It's too risky. They don't have a strong enough quarterback situation. (laughs) I guess we'll see it play out, man. But I could... I know nothing's been confirmed on Hard Knocks, but I could definitely see the Jaguars getting picked for Hard Knocks. Too many storylines there. Yeah, and that owner trying to get that money, too. So Shadi Khan. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get yep. that money. They come to him. I think he'll take it. Yep. Hey, man, I, I think so. And then the NFL mandates that you have to. Yeah. Like, at least every team has to do it. I know the Cowboys did it, like, once or twice. But, um, but man, before we go, man, I want to highlight one thing. We are seeing a lot of NFL Hall of Famers getting hired on at these HBCUs, man. We got, of course, Primetime at Jackson State. Uh, Marshall Falk, I believe he's coaching where? Southern now? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's good. It's good because, yeah. I mean, if they're not going to get coaching shots, I mean, we talk about there being an issue of black coaches being hired. Uh, I like the fact that now they're going to HBCUs, but you can say, I don't know if they were accepting those jobs. I think Dion might have opened the door for that. And if it can get you attention, then I think it's good for everybody. It's good for them. It's good for the schools. It brings attention to everybody. So, I mean, I like the look. Yep. Uh, what, Eddie George just went to Tennessee State. And, uh, you know, prom Is that his alma mater? No. Nah, Where did he, he go to school at? He went to Ohio State. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where Eddie George went. So you already got like three Hall of Famers. It, or is Eddie George a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, you Hey, you know what? Hey, Google. <laughs> is Eddie George an NFL Hall of Famer? Let's see. I think your answer is in this Nope, he's a college football Hall of Famer. All right, Google, stop. Google You're not going to take over our show. Hey, Google, mm. stop. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Google. Hey, man, Shout out to Google. That's, yeah, that's our new uh, data analyst there, you know, hide to hire on. But anyway, so I think it's a good look, definitely. You know, a lot of uh, players at HBCUs did not get attention this year. You know, you didn't. I don't think we had anybody that was drafted from an uh, HBCU this year. So uh, that was something yeah. that Prime was real adamant about. And you know what? I, of course, we want to see HBCUs do well because, one, we're black men, so why yeah. wouldn't we? But, you know, it's just... I think it's going to be a return to form, man. And I honestly think if these guys do well, I can see them going like the FBS route maybe. I, I think it's just a matter of time before Deion Sanders ends up becoming the head coach of Florida State. Yeah, but I think that they're going to uh, – but I think that just the opportunity to be in leadership positions open the door, you know what I'm saying? That's why I was mm-hmm. saying if you're not getting opportunities at these bigger universities and they're just wanting to put you as position coaches in the NFL, uh, do like some recruits do. Drop down a level and then show what you can do, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you get a, get a good resume and then you can start getting some of these college jobs, whether it's just for attention or not. All you got to do is get a chance. And when you get a chance, you show you can win. And that opens the door. You know what I'm saying? Then you can't be denied. I just think that it's kind of late in the game for, you know, black coaches to have to start like that. But everybody got to start somewhere. And obviously, being a position coach in the NFL isn't working. I mean, that's just 
is being a position coach, going down to college. Uh, so maybe if you don't take over the NFL, you can at least start getting more jobs in the college football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. So before we get out of here, man, you got anything else? Nah, man, just ready to ready to see this upcoming season, man. I seen the rookie OTAs just start. I've been te- yep. keeping a uh, keeping an eye on that and just seeing what, seeing what kind of season we're gonna get, man. I hope that people are in better shape, oh. and ready to go. Before we get out of here, we gotta talk schedule release, man. Oh, we yeah. gotta talk schedule release, which it's gonna be a rough, rough, rough first week of September for you, boy, man. The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and the defending Super Bowl champion, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one nine nine on NBC, man. Dak Prescott and the crew versus Tom D. Coldest to ever do it, Brady. Well, I mean, if you're going to get them, though, the best time to get them is early in the season. You know what yep. I mean? You don't want to be you don't want to be getting them late in the season. So I think that you guys got a real opportunity getting them that early in the season. Yeah. I like I think I was looking at this schedule and I was thinking, man, these Eagles going to have a rough, rough schedule for the first got like, one of the six easiest, weeks. Yeah, y'all got one of the easiest schedules, though, as it goes on strength of schedule, because, you know, the cap, well, the whole NFC East suck, but Washington has the hardest because they got the first place schedule. Yeah, but I don't I – mean, it's hard to go by those before you see, like, who you're playing, right? You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I'm just looking at teams that, you know, have talent. Because if I'm looking, you know, you got Philly playing starting off with the Falcons. If they're still bad, then yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how good they're going to be. So, it's always it's always that kind of thing. And NFC East is weak. You got that in there. And then you because you finished last – or second to last, then you're gonna play the weaker teams in every division. So your your schedule's always gonna look at that. But even with that, you just look at who Philly has in those first uh five games. Let me pull up the schedule. I still think that all these people are all these teams are really talented personally. So I think they start off with the uh the Falcons. Mm. And then they play the I'm not even sure is this the right schedule? The nine yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Eagles. Nah, this is the whole schedule. That's why I can't find it. Yeah. Trying to find the Eagles schedule. I'll find it, man. Cover. Talk real quick. Well, <laughs> hey, you know what? Everybody odds will be on week four, man. New England versus Tampa Bay. It's going to be some shit. Yeah, but it's. Yeah, Tom Brady going to like that. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he, he probably going to score 90 points on them. I don't, I don't think Tom Cam Brady. got it in him, man. I don't think he got it in him, bro. Tom Brady going to go crazy. Man. He going to go crazy. <laughs> you know, those, those tickets are selling for like two grand. Yeah, two I mean, it should. Grand. That's a memorable event. Uh, so, this is so the Eagles got the Falcons. They got the 49ers. Then they play the Cowboys as the first three games. Then they got the uh, Chiefs. <laughs> and then after that, then the schedule gets real light. But, like, that's the first five games. And if you got a new quarterback situation and you playing those five teams the first game of the season before you get to Carolina, then you play the Buc- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, that first eight weeks for the Eagles is kind of crazy. Yep, but definitely, man, week four, I'm looking out for that. But I, I got to gotta look out for that week one matchup too, man. We'll see. You know, Dak Prescott will be back. We'll see, man. It's going to be I'm, – I'm really excited for the season this year. Hell, I'm excited to play Madden this year. <laughs> how, uh, how, how good do you think that the Cowboys will be this year? Man, you know what? I'm just going to be real. So, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on Dak Prescott's health. It also mm-hmm. depends on if you cover 
up the holes on the defensive side of the ball. So, me just kind of being, you know, a fan outside looking in, and, and it's also going to depend on offensive line help, right? Mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys could win nine, maybe ten games. You know, it's a 17-week season, so instead of going like nine and seven, you go ten and seven, nine and eight. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott has been putting in work this offseason. You know, he's been really training hard, and I think he wants to bounce back. Uh, from kind of the well, he he had a statistically good season, but it was a below average, and the team didn't win as a whole. I, I could see him winning maybe nine to eight games, or, or well, nine to ten games, maybe. I mean, they may surprise some folks, but I, I think the ceiling is ten wins. So, how do you think the how do you think the division will end up failing, uh, finishing in terms of ranking? I could definitely see Washington winning it all. Washington number one so far. Uh, the Cowboys could finish in second place. Uh, it'll be between the Cowboys and Eagles. I think both teams are going to be improved. I think the New York Giants will actually be better. So I can see uh, Cowboys possibly finishing second. And it's hard between the Eagles and Giants. I think the Eagles are a better team than the Giants. But, uh, you know, towards the end of the season, we saw Daniel Jones get a little more comfortable. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go Washington football team first, Cowboys second, Eagles third, Giants fourth. I like Washington's defense, but I just still don't like Washington's offense. I think they benefited from a lot of bad play in the NFC East. Yeah, and then uh, what, Ryan Fitzgerald's the quarterback there, right? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. I don't know why I yeah. said Fitzgerald. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I think that defensive line is elite. I think that defense is good. I think they got a good run game. But I think that they just benefited from a colossal just meltdown that from everybody hurt. above them. Wentz yeah. not playing well and Daniel Jones with the Giants being kind of, yeah. So if I had to pick the division, I think I'm going to go to Giants. I think the Giants is gonna, are going to be the best. I thought that they – they were pretty good last year, and they didn't have Saquon Barkley. So if Saquon Barkley can be healthy, and then they just put some weapons around Daniel Jones, like I, I like Kenny Galladay going there. I think Kenny Galladay yeah. is probably one of the more underrated players in the NFL. You and their defense didn't back. play bad either. The yeah, defense so, wasn't playing that bad either. So, so I, I really, I really like the Giants. Um, I think second, I probably have to go. Redskins. I mean, I go to Redskins just because they have the surest defense in the division. And then when you get down to the Eagles and the Cowboys, I think a lot of it's going to depend on the Eagles quarterback play. If they get Deshaun Watson, I'm probably putting the Eagles one or two in the division. So Jalen Hurts. You saying Jalen Hurts better than Dak Prescott? No, that's not what I'm saying. I ain't got (laughs) to the Cowboys yet. I'm going to tell you my problem with the Cowboys. I think think that whatever Dak Scott does, I mean, Dak, Dak no, Prescott. No, it's Dak does. Scott. You, you got it right. <laughs> I think well. whatever Dak Prescott does is going to fail in comparison to what your idiot coach does. Because I think that Dak was on the verge of having a career year last year. Dak was not the problem, but Dak can only do so much for that coaching. And I think the one thing that was glossed over last season because of all the injuries was Mike McCarthy and his coaching decisions. So... I will say this. I think Mike McCarthy used Mike Nolan as a fall guy. And then you have the issue of Dak breaking his ankle. 
missing yeah. the rest of the season. So, but it was a struggle judge. even before then. That's but the problem. Defense was the sore point though, and yes, it was a struggle. But the defense was the sole, the sore point in the whole season, if you want to think about it, because Dak Prescott did his job. You know, the Cowboys offensively were playing good football. Ezekiel Elliott didn't play his best football, but you had folks on the offensive line get hurt. You know, Tyson Smith was out. Uh, Lyle Collins is, was out most of the year. He, so both of them are going to be healthy and they're going to come back. And you have a lot of young players on defense. They lost even more folks in the secondary this year. But with all that being said, I think that they should be a better team. You get rid of Mike Nolan, you bring in Dan Quinn. Some of the free agent pickups on the defense, like Keanu Neal, I don't know. You know, he's going to be probably more of a linebacker than a safety. There was some talking and bringing Jeff Heath back. Who who knows, man? Who, I who think knows? my biggest my biggest problem is that there's a lot of fall guys, and I don't think that a lot of attention is being paid to Mike McCarthy and yep. what he was doing. Because even when you're talking about defense, you talk about the injuries, all that stuff masks a lot of bad decisions by Mike McCarthy. And um, even when they were at full health before, yeah, some of it's the defense, but. What you learn is that defenses don't play well when the offense is out there fucking up. Not going at all. Forward, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going, yeah, going out there, forward on like you play your heart out, and then the offense is just doing like, what? <laughs> what are y'all doing? I like, think a lot of that is Kellen Moore, too, though. Kellen yeah, I mean, Moore do some bullshit, too. He I mean, be coaching college. But, so, but it comes down to your leader, right? Who's allowing true, true. these things to happen? Well, and Jerry Jones. Well, no, I don't. That's the biggest part think, of the problem. I think it's Steven now. Draft's been a lot nah. better. The Cowboys haven't the Cowboys been making. Cowboys always drafted well, though. Yeah, but they they're not making a lot of bad personnel moves outside of the coach. That's the problem. You kept Garrett for too long. Now you go and you hire Mike McCarthy. Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the problem. That that's been literally uh, well, the problem. Even when you hire on. McCarthy. I mean, when you hire McCarthy, then you you leave your coach. You got to bring in Kellen Moore. You know what I'm saying? They Come can't on, even bring the in Cowboys that Cowboys can't be that bad. They ain't going to be that bad. I don't like I mean, trash. Shit, shit, you said, I'm not saying they trash. I just said they're going to be close to last in the division. Oh, I don't see In that. a trash division. They'll they, they <laughs> finish second. I think they'll finish second, man. I've been saying for years. Cowboys and had the most talent in the NFC East for the last 15 well, you, years. But you know what? I think Michael Parsons, I'm going to make a declaration right now. Michael Parsons is going to be defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I don't believe that. Nah, I do. Let's see. I believe I it. Think, I think Zayvon Collins will have a far better chance. Nah, I think Michael Parsons is going to shine because you know Van Der Esch ain't playing full 17-week season. Hell, Jalen Smith might not either. But that's my problem with Cowboys fans, man. Cowboys hey. fans' expectations are too high. <laughs> you come be in Michael Parsons is gonna be the the defensive the way, rookie of the year. What man, bro, I saw just, in college, from what I saw in college, Michael different. Parsons is gonna be. That's my prediction. He's gonna be defensive rookie of the year. Different man. All that speed, all that speed can be great, or it can mean you get to the wrong spot way too fast and open up some big ass holes. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I go with you on this one. Well, Trevor Lawrence is gonna be the offensive rookie of the year. I think that'll be a foregone conclusion. Or Justin Fields. Maybe even Trey Lance. Who knows? It depends on when Fields get on the field because I think the offense is built for – like I'm pretty sure they're going to build offense for Lawrence, but Lawrence is more dependent on his receivers catching and all that. I think that that offense is going to be a lot of in, – in Chicago, I think it's going to be like a lot of read options, option yeah. play. Hey, Andy Dalton ain't doing <laughs> you none know of what that. Yeah, I think it's going to be 
a lot of Justin Fields doing what Lamar Jackson does. Yep. And that's easy transition, brother. Yep. Got to, man. But, hey, it was good doing this again, man. We got to do this more often, man. I think, you know, this summer, man, the whole network will probably be back on this summer. You know, life gets in the way sometimes. But I think we're in a better place, man. You know, yeah, we're going to have to crank these joints out. Got to free up some time. But, yeah, man, next episode we can really dig into the schedule and, um, you know, go over some camp news. But, you know, just a lot of content to get over. But, yeah, next week let's really dive into the schedule. Yes, get sir. some key games. Try to do some breakdowns, man. Yep. Hey, man, Frank Gore birthday today, too. Man, the legend. 38. Man. Boy, y'all, man. 38. Frank, hey, Frank still got about 600 yards in him next year, too. Oh, of course he does. Boy, he's number three <laughs> on the list. Yeah, number three all time. It's got to be by yeah. now. He's been playing since, like, 2001. Shit. Yeah, man. I think I, I just don't know the situation he's going to go to, but I wouldn't be surprised if he popped up with the Dolphins. You know what I'm saying? Hey, run over run with the Dolphins. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up popping up with the Falcons as a goal line hey, back. You know, you, know how, I mean? uh, you know how Tom Brady is beat? Almost beat every NFL team. Like, what if Frank Gore just almost plays for every NFL team? Why not, man? Who was it? Uh, Curtis Martin ran it, ran it like that, right? Yeah, pretty Wasn't much. It Curtis Martin. Yeah. Yep. I'm with but it. all right, man. We out of here. Peace. Peace.